Hi everybody, uh, this is Bruce from the Epic Experiment Podcast, and I just wanted to jump on today as a little bit of a, a prologue before the episode. Um, we were going along quite nicely, and our recording uh, bot ended up causing us quite a bit of consternation. You'll find it probably around the around the forty-six minute mark, uh, and it sort of garbles a number a large amount of our conversation. Um, I can assure you, we were talking about previews from uh, the new sets, in particular the Warhammer Forty K stuff and uh, Double Masters. Uh, and then in addition, we started talking about the deck this week. That is the Crows list that is in the show notes. So uh, if you get to it and it starts making not a lot of sense, that is the reason why. Um, really sorry. Uh, hopefully uh, you can uh, work your way through it and without too much difficulty. Otherwise, thanks very much, everybody, for tuning into episode 105. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks very much, everybody. Enjoy the show. Hi! Welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. It's episode 105. I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I am doing good. I am broadcasting from the LGS. Hot diggity! Now, are you broadcasting with cards all around you, or do you found like a desk? Oh, it's quiet off in the back. Yeah. Well, to be honest... The the office and that I'm in, the it has cards everywhere. The it has in the MTG cards. It has Pokemon. It has Yu-Gi-Oh. It has Flesh and Blood. There we go, man. Is that is the best place to be recording from? Like my tabletop that I record from here is also littered in cards. I love it. It's the best thing ever. So <laughs> it's like it feels like I'm doing magic because my everywhere I look, my table is covered in cards. Um, yeah, no, excellent. Ah uh, man, we got that. So, folks, we're gonna pour one out here for the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars get made it to Game Seven, first round of the NHL playoffs, playing the Calgary Flames, and they couldn't quite get there. They put up a good fight, though, didn't they, my friend? And they did. I'll give them that thing. It's not every day so, that. They, seriously, Game Seven, when they that doesn't usually happen all the time, does it? No, no, and it's awfully exciting. It's like the best, as a hockey fan, I haven't grown up with hockey my whole life. Game 7 is like a dream come true. You love a Game 7. It hurts so much more when you lose, but it's so sweet when your team comes out as a winner. So pour one out here for those for those Dallas Stars. They, uh, they, they put up a good fight. Um, from all accounts, the young goaltender you guys had in the Nets last night, Jake Odinger, what played lights out so i was here i I think i read a stat that the number of shots fired at his direction was like 125 or 130 to like 62. so basically the calgary flames had twice the number of chances the dallas stars had to score and i think the game ended up going to overtime like it was close like it was like it could have gone either way and unfortunately for, for young Jake Odinger and the Stalas Stars, uh, it didn't quite go their way, which is uh, disappointing for the great state of Texas. However, uh, there's, a, there's a silver lining here, Lux. There's a silver lining. And you may not know it, but people in Canada know it. Do you know who Calgary plays next round? Who? We get to play the Edmonton Oilers. So Edmonton and Calgary are separated by about three hours of travel time down the highway up in Alberta. And if you want to watch some of the most, um, what do you call spirited hockey you're ever going to see, pit those two teams against each other because they hate each other with a passion. So you want to watch good hockey? It's coming, boys. It's coming. We're going to see it go nuts up in Alberta. We're going to see it in Florida, too, where Tampa and Florida are going to go round in round two. There's going to be some spectacular second-round matchups here. So I know it's sad for Dallas, but if you're a fan of the game of hockey, it's exciting to watch Edmonton and Calgary lock horns and go at it for seven straight games because I bet it's going seven, and it's going to be a war every single night. So that's going to be exciting times if you love hockey. So... We'll get Wo Wo on too, and uh, make him uh, make him talk us over, talk us through the uh, the end of the Maple Leaf season. But uh, no, NHL, this is the best time of the year for us Canadians. We love it. It's hockey time. 
We love it. It's fantastic. So if you're not a big hockey fan, give it a try. This is the time of year to, to fall in love with the sport. It's hard. It's fast. It's it's gritty. Um, not the not the mascot for the Flyers, but it's like it's it's good. It's fantastic. It's everything you love in a hockey game, and high skill, high high impact. It is fantastic. So uh, poor poor Dallas Stars, and hopefully next year they can. Uh, build on it and come back a little bit better but uh every year is a little bit different right yep oh too bad all right folks uh some housekeeping things to get on the get done tonight uh if you like what you hear you can check us all our content out at the lotuscouncil.com all of our shows are there you can find them out there free of charge fantastic all right they've also got um like a youtube channel where sona posts stuff They've got a Twitch channel where sometimes there's box breaks, sometimes there's a, there's a streaming, uh, so WoWo streaming arena, there's great things. But the Discord, we've talked about each and every week, is by far and away the best asset. It is free to join, full of great people wanting to talk magic. So come and check out the Lotus Council's Discord, all right? We also have a winner to announce for our episode 100. So here in my hands, Lux, I'll shake it. You hear that? Yep. Yeah. That's the deck box that I finally got in the mail. Not the, not the ladies' bathing suit, but it is a f- deck box full of cards. Because we're going to give away the Killian deck that I built for them. So we're going to give it away. And you know who won it this week or this time? Him. Drum roll, please. Friend of the show, and and we had I was on as a guest not too long ago with Sneaky Pete. So Sneaky ah. Pete won himself a, a box, a Killian deck that we're gonna mail to Sneaky Pete. I'll get Pete's Pete's contact information, and we will send it out to him. So um, stay tuned. Like we're at episode one hundred five, we're gonna give away something more at, when we get to one ten, which is only in five weeks' time. Like that's before yeah. the summer even hits at this rate. So uh, stay tuned, everybody. More coming. More stuff that we're going to give away to people. All right, so congrats to Sneaky Pete. We'll uh, get that out to you ASAP. All right, ready for the show, my friend. Let's get this started. Yep. So segment one, we have Garbage or Great. I think this one will be pretty straightforward. Segment yep. two, we're going to have a bunch of different topics. We're going to talk about um, the so the pre-cons from New Capenna. Then we're going to talk about New Capenna itself, and then we're going to talk about some preview cards, because we've had some previews from Baldur's Gate, Double Masters 2, and the Warhammer 40k deck. And then we've got, if time permitting, we've got a deck, which is uh, an updated version of a Kroos uh, defense contractor deck from the new Capenna set. All right, so let's get down to business. <laughs> Tonight's card for Garbage Great is Reconnaissance. White for an enchantment. Zero, remove target attacking creature you control from combat and untap it. This card, is it garbage or is it great? Honestly, they I think it's great. Uh, it is great. There's no other way to put it. So this is the sort of card, folks, where if you have a, like, a card that needs to attack, um, like inspired triggers are really good with this. You, like, so King Makar... Um, Amara, um, you have like all sorts of great things that, that need to attack, then unta- then untap. It gives other things like pseudo vigilance if they, they they try to go to block it. It's just a big escape valve, and it's really really potent. We're gonna have a quick look here. Where does reconnaissance get played? Reconnaissance gets played. Where the top where the top decks for reconnaissance? Uh, so. Oh, Ishin. Oh, that's so gross. Oh, you can attack with your creature with Ishin, and then use, and so get the trigger, and then untap it with Reconnaissance. Okay, that seems pretty good. Alesha, same thing. Amara, Soul of the Accord. Adeline, like all these things are just like things that, things that trigger on attacking, and then you do a thing... And then you can get benefit from it. So Verena, Tigum, all these decks are the same thing. Um, 
yeah, this is, this is just good. So, oh, oh, get this. Narset and Light and Master with this. Ew. That's gross. So you attack with Narset. You get to look at your things, and they don't even get a chance to block Narset. Killer. That is gross. Winota? Can you imagine this with Winota? Speaking of Winota, did you see which format she got banned in? Uh, Explorer, right? Yep. She's broken and gross. So I'm not surprised. So, yeah. Anyway, Reconnaissance is good, folks. This card is like, no, not just good. Good's, good's underselling it. This card is great. This card is great. There's going to be lots of applicability to get your commanders out of harm's way, get your value, or get your value um, inspired, or whatever you got to do. This thing's just good. So, card is great. End of story. Would you agree, Lux? Yep. Yeah, slam dunk this week. Thank you, Scryfall Random Generator, for the easy easy lob this week. All right, let's talk about the pre-cons from uh, New Capenna. So on the weekend, Lux, I played in a, on a stream with a, on a YouTube channel uh, called Slow Unpacking. Uh, base, it was pretty cool. The guy, uh, his name is Daniel, or we just called him Slow. Um, Slow is uh, in lives in the Netherlands. So we had to work around his uh, his time his timeline his schedule being like several hours difference because of just the ocean, um, but it was pretty cool to play with him and some other players. So I was playing with a guy from British Columbia here in Canada, and then I'm not sure where the fourth player was. I think he was like Michigan area, but I could be mistaken. But anyway, lots of fun, great game. But we were doing we were playing the precons. And so I was playing bro- the Broker's deck. Uh, Ken was playing the, the Riveteer's deck. Uh, Ruin Crab was playing the uh, Obscura deck. And then Slow was playing the Cabaretti deck. Meaning the only one we didn't have represented was the Grixis deck or the, the Maestros. All right. So I have to say, um, I was generally very impressed with the decks. Like, have you seen the people playing them and cracking them right out of the box to play them at your store? And for the most part, it's been half and half. Either people they playing them out of the box or they just cracking them for singles and they deconning them. Really? Well, yep. I have to say, I, I played my, my broker's deck and I was playing... So the, the, the face card of that set is for that one is Perry, the Punisher, like the big rhino. But I was going to play, I played Crow's Defense Contractor, and I found the deck to be really interesting. Um, mostly from the standpoint, it gave me lots of decision points to make in a game. Um, now, I don't think I made them all properly. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I made at least one choice that was um, ultimately very detrimental to my game. But I think the number of decision points presented in the deck made it something very interesting. Uh, something I really want, I really enjoyed playing, and I'm going to want to play around with some more. But I think it's uh, a, a more interesting build than playing just Parry, because Parry just gets big and turns into like a Voltron deck and just smashes people. So um, I found I liked my Broker's deck. I think I need to refine it, particularly the mana. I think the mana was, um, you know, a little problematic when you're playing Vivid Lands and. Uh, and bad tap lands like there's lots of room to to improve that so that your your deck is runs smoother but i think on the whole i like the premise of the deck i was pretty excited with the cards i, I saw in the deck uh, and what i got a chance to play with um so i was pretty pleased but i went to be honest with you, lux i didn't win the game i didn't win the game so there were some other things i observed that i think were really interesting if people want to go pick up any of these decks, I don't think any of these decks are bad. I think you have you're gonna have lots of interesting things to do. Um, but let's sort of give my impressions of um, of all of them. So first off, the Riveteers deck. Uh, so that's um, Henry or Henny, like the toolbox. 
uh, Tori, and I think so. That's the one where all it gives all your creatures with convert a mana cost four, sorry, mana value four or greater blitz. Uh, Lux, I'm gonna be honest, you know what's the scariest thing I've ever seen? Hmm. Blitzed out Itali. Okay, blitzed um. out Itali is disgusting. All right. You know what's even more disgusting than a blitzed out Atali? So there's a card in that fir- in that Riveteers deck called First Responder, and I don't think anybody's talking about it. But in this Blitz deck, it is nuts. Get this: three and a green, three three Ogre Citizen with Vigilance. At the beginning of your end step, you may return another creature to you control to its owner's hand. Then put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to that creature's power on first responder. That's dirty. So that allows you to totally circumvent this. That's bananas. So you blitz out your Atali, and then you return it to your hand at the end, at the end step. This thing gets six counters, and they still have the Atali and all the value it generated. Lux, that's absurd. Nuts. Yeah, it honestly is. And the thing's got vigilance. So, like, once it gets big, it's really hard to deal with. Like, you just have to, like, chump block with it. And, like, and there's so many ways to gain trample out there that you're, like, suddenly this becomes a real legitimate problem or it becomes the abyss somebody just gets attacked and has to chump block or they're taking like 20 damage like in no time flat so yikes so that riveteers deck was really potent that first responder was really 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 good um i might have punted because i might have inadvertently put a uh, a shield counter on it to goad it into attacking somebody else, but that shield counter protected it so it didn't die. And I'm like, oh no. And now it's enormous. So anyway, it was uh it was a surprisingly uh good deck and and, t- and fun card to play with and it was a huge problem for us all game long. So Riveteer's deck was definitely worth looking into. Um then uh Ruin Crowd was playing the Obscura deck and I didn't realize that this deck was this tricky to deal with, but it is really hard to interact with on board. <clears throat> like, if you're playing the precon right out of the box, it is really hard to block anything because it has flying or shadow or menace or intimidate or something. Like, just something to make it a nightmare to block it. And then Kamiz, the commander, gives something double strike. And like when you can like conniving's enough, but when you connive and then give something double strike, just a problem. So and since you can't block anything, you put a few connive counters on Kamiz and then you like attack and everything's unblockable and and you're just eating a lot of damage. Like it would not be uncommon for this obscure deck to swing for 14, 16, 18 damage in an attack step. It was absurd. And you can't block any of it. Like, it's just unblockable. So, it was really good. And in the end, yeah. um, I, like, I made the determination. I had to kill this deck, or else I was going to lose to it, regardless. Like, it was either me or him, so I yep. took him out, and was going to take my chances with trying to beat the, the first responder... Um, I didn't do it, but I certainly tried. Um, and so, wow, it was, this Obscura deck is good. So if you guys are looking for something cool to play right out of the box, um, the Obscura deck and the Riveteers deck impressed. Um, <clears throat> now, like, fundamentally, all the decks could stand to have their mana base refined a little bit. But uh, I think that, de- and there's, well, there's plenty of room to upgrade the decks, but I think their strategies are unique. Gameplay is, is refreshing, and it was a lot of fun. So I think people, if you're looking for something to invest in, just to play on like a like 
you know, you play, you got four or five friends coming over, and you know, let, not everybody wants to have play a, a high end deck. I don't think there's anything wrong in pulling out a, a bunch of precons and then you know jamming precons for the night and seeing you know how how they can play with each other. I think it's actually a really fun way of playing. So anyway, really fun experience. Really enjoyed it, um, and I, I hope to be able to be invited back on Slow's stream once again. Um, so once again, you want to find that it's going to be a slow unpacking. Um, I don't know when the video is going to come up, but when it does, I'll be sure to, to tweet it out to everybody, let everybody know. But it was lots of fun. Real good experience. I do look forward to it. So, in retrospect, thinking back on these new, the new Capenna Commander decks, um, what do you think, though, Lux? I think these are, are worth investing in for people? Um, I honestly do. You know, they, it's like you were saying with the Obscure one. I honestly feel as though that deck was made with the intent of forcing people to actually put in an effort to combat it. Um, well, I think what it, the Obscura deck is doing, it's preying on decks that don't have a lot of interaction. And so, and all these decks are be, being highly creature-focused. You are disincentivized to play board wipes. Sure, you might kill your your opponent's stuff, but you don't want to kill all your things. So, you know, there's been generally a reduction in the number of, of, of board wipes um, played in the format. Generally, I'm not sure about the in the in the in the precons. There seems to be plenty. There seem to be plenty of board wipes in the in the precons themselves. But I think there's a lot of consensus in the community that you're playing sort of the new version of, of commander that is very creature centric there's a lot less wipes in which case the obscura deck is going to just thrive in that environment because you can't block you can't interact with it on board you can't block it if you have reach it doesn't matter because the thing's got shadow or menace or fear or whatever and it's just slipping right on by and just whacking you for huge chunks of damage. So I think it's a really good deck. Uh, well constructed right out of the box. Lots of room to ramp it right to the moon. Like build it right out and like make it be something really scary. But yeah, no, I think that Skira deck is definitely worth playing. Any other thoughts there, Lux? Something like Riveteers or the Cabaretti? I mean, like, all in all, they, they are just, like, all five of them are really solid decks. And then, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I said, they, they they were all built with the intention of making people and put in an effort to combat them. And then, hey, they, you can't just build the deck how you want to. They, there's a certain, they, there's a certain way that you have to build your deck in order to combat these. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, like, also the great one, I mean, you talk about it, it was um, the Cabaretti deck. It was. Let me look at the. Let me look at the commanders. Oh come on. Oh there it is. All right. Uh, commander. New companion commander. So it was. Oh Kit Canto Mayhem Diva, and like this thing granted something trample, plus two plus two and trample for when you tap two creatures. Well. Like, that just totally messes with combat. Because, like, you might be lining up a chump block on something big, and all of a sudden it's, like, 2-2 two, two bigger and trampling, and you're like, well, why did I bother to block? It just messes with the board. It's just, wow. It is it was a good card. It was a really good card. And so I think anybody's out there and you're looking to build, you're looking to get started, you're not sure where to go, start with one of these. I think you could. I think you would do very well. Um, I think these play better than the Strixhaven ones did last year. Did you? Did you? Did you get a chance of seeing the Strixhaven ones go? I mean, honestly, they these are the first of the Commander precons in since the pandemic that I have actually seen in play. Yeah, so <clears throat> I've seen some of the Strixhaven ones go, and they're they're uh, they're okay. But these are, I think these are a good notch, a good notch better. Um, and so, um, get them, get them, folks. All right, I think if you're looking for something, 
like fifty. You're gonna spend fifty bucks or whatever on a on a on something. This, you'd be money well spent on these commander decks. You got lots of play out of them. All right, um, let's circle back to a discussion we had a couple weeks ago. So when WoWo was on, WoWo and I discussed some of our some of the weaknesses we felt that might be found in um, in in New Capenna. And uh, I want to come back to that sort of conversation a couple of weeks later and see if our opinion has changed any in uh, in the in the two weeks since we've now had a chance to look at it. We've watched a lot more people play. Um, what do we think about New Campana generally? Like, what? Not the Commander product. I mean, like the actual Streets of New Campana set. And honestly, like now that I've gotten a chance to actually like play with the set, yeah, the as a whole, yeah, that's going to be a no for me. They, they get this, like, a majority of the cards that I enjoyed playing were all from the same faction, like the Obscura, and then there were a few, and you know, they, like, there were some Riveteers cards, some Cabaretti, some uh, Maestros, but other than that, they, the majority of the set, I didn't really care for. I think the problem I have with the set is that like, yes, all the factions are interesting, but the cards I want to play with, with almost no exception, are the Mythics. I don't yeah. really want to go and mine the set for interesting uh, commons and uncommons or rares that I want to play. There's a few, like Evelyn's one, um, like um, Professional Facebreaker is another. There's a few. But there's a lot of the cards from this set that I'm not really, like, a lot of these rares, I have no interest in these things. Like, they're just not things yeah. I want to put in my deck. They don't, they don't incentivize me to play, they play the cards. So I'm left with the Mythics, and that's about it. Right? I want to play Halo yeah. Fountain. I, I want to play, um, <clears throat> I want to play Falco, or, um, Ginny Fay or Jetmere. I don't want to play. Don't want to play uh, Xander. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the card. But uh, but most of the other <laughs> mythics, I like it. I like in this set quite well. But if I only like the mythics, I don't love the set. I like the cards, like the high end powerful cards, but I don't love the set. You get the you got the distinction I'm making there. Whereas, like, I feel like with Kamigawa, there were more cards at different rarities that I was interested in playing. So, like, for instance, just cycling through the Kamigawa set that we had, you know, like, Goro Goro, Disciple of Ryusei, strikes me as being very interesting as a mono-red commander. Where now, you, if you can use it to activate it to make 5-5 five, five dragons, right? Like, that's cool. Grease Fang is another one where you're playing essentially tribal, like, like tribal vehicle reanimation. That seems pretty cool. Hanada is neat. Um, you know, you're just playing these all these interesting cards that I think are worth people discussing. Ishin, not to mention the five legendary lands, and just on down the list. Light Paws, yeah, there's lots of interesting cards. At other rarities, even going so far as down to con containment construct, which is an uncommon that is very, very powerful. Shigeki, like yeah, there's tons of cards in this set that I want to play. But I look back, I look into New Capenna, and there's next to nothing. I I only want to play the mythics instead of trying to drill down into the set and looking for other interesting playable cards out of the set, which I think is disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, because like, you remember back when we were first going over the and uh, spoilers and back when the like, spoiler season started for New Capenna, the majority of the cards that we expressed interest in were all mythics. Yeah, yeah, and that hasn't changed. Like the cards I'm interested in are still the mythics, and yeah, like that. Okay, look, folks. Like, I mean, that's great and all, but like, part of me likes the idea of drilling down for interesting. A common or some uncommons or a couple of mythics, or a couple of rares. I mean, that are interesting to play. 
and I don't think we get that from um, from Streets of New Capenna in the least. Now, I'm also going to say, like, looking at the at the way that people are building the commanders, I'm left shaking my head to some degree. So, do you want to go through those quickly? Yep. So, from the satin itself, right, we have Jitmir, uh, Nexus of Revels, is the top constructed deck, all right? There's over 1,500 versions of that deck registered, so says EDH Rec. Cool. People are building Naya, Naya tokens with their uh, build your own crater hoof in the command zone. Fantastic. Giada, Angel Tribal, is two. Great. Rafine is three. Um, that's interesting, too, in its own right, isn't it? Yep. All right. Then we have Zyatora. And, like, that's cool. Zyatora is a cool card. Jund, Jund uh, Treasure sounds like a lot of fun to me. Uh, we have Ognis, the Dragon Lash, which is like Ace Tribal, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm very skeptical of that one, but apparently it's a thing. And we have Ginny Faye at six. Ginny Faye, I figure, should probably be where Jetmir is. And Jetmir should be where Ginny Faye is. Just my own, my own, my own estimation. But anyway, um, then we have Quaza Augur of Agonies at seven, another obscure commander that is super neat. Then we have Xander at at eight. Xander decks. Seriously, they he shouldn't even be on the list. Agreed. But he's number eight, and he's got eight hundred decks. Uh, Why are people of- building him? I don't know. I like. I don't know. I think they're trying to reanimate him. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I think they're trying to. I don't know how you get him. Like, get there. I'm gonna look at the deck here and like sort of see what the average deck construction looks like. But like, oh maybe. Oh, you know what they're doing? They're making what? They're making it's a mill deck, and they're making multiple copies of it. Get this, Xander is playing things like Spark Double and Mirror Box to make copies of it. I think that seems to be the the one of the plans. Yeah, like because like we're showing up here in the top played cards. You have Phantasmal Image, you have Spark Double. So you're obviously looking to get the discard trigger, and then the mill trigger somehow, and then. Get this. You know what the top card in the like, the top cards in it is? Turgrid. That tells you everything you need to know about the deck. Pretty much. Turgrid, and then like you're getting like counterspell and some talismans, and then windfall. Like this is just seems like this would be just a miserable deck to play against. Oh my goodness. Just the most miserable experience ever. And you're blinking Xander as many times as you can. With Dead Dead Eye Navigators and Conjurer's Closets and uh, uh, and clone effects. Uh, So yeah. Kind of out on Xander. I don't like it. I don't know why people are building it. I think if you're building it, you may be a bad person. (laughs) That's what I think. You might be a bad person. So, I don't know, man. Like, the number 10 one is Evelyn. I think Evelyn is a more compelling commander, but what do I know? So yeah, I think the set's like really weird in the sense that it's like just like not that compelling, except for the mythics. That's all I can say. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. And I've tried. Like I've tried to play it on arena, and I I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like I'm not I'm not enthused for this. This is not doing it for me. So I don't know. <sighs> makes me sad, man, because we just came off Kamigawa, and I was yeah. so hyped for it. Like, so hyped for it. But, anyway. Alright, let's look at some previews. We got some previews. Alright. Alright, so up first, from Baldur's Gate, this got previewed on the Command Zone's uh, live stream from the from the 10th. I think it was the 10th. So we have Zavlor 
Elturel Exile. I hope I said any of those words correctly. I don't think I did. Legendary creature. Oh, sorry. Blue, black, red, and one. So Grixis. Legendary creature, Tiefling Warrior. Two. Sorry, it has haste. Two and a tap. When you next cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent, an opponent controls this turn. For each other opponent, choose that player or a permanent they control, copy that spell, and the copy targets a chosen player or a permanent. So, this is a lot of words, and it's already been eroded. Did you know that, Lex? Yep. Like, they, ero- they eroded this one before it's even seen printing. Because the print, the, in the way the card, the text box on the card is written, it doesn't say the word only. So when you next cast an instant or a sorcery spell that targets a single opponent or a single permanent, it doesn't include the word only that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent. But the fact that this does is makes, it makes a big difference to this deck or uh, this card. But this card is like kind of wonky in the sense that like, if you cast like Thoughtseize on one dude, now you're getting multiple Thoughtseize as you're seeing the whole table's hands. That's how I read that. I hope I we'll have to ask a judge. Um, we'll have to ask a judge when we get to look at the set. But this card seems super fun. Um, if you're into like, like kind of like doing the Zada Hedron Grinder sort of thing, like it's just duplicate spells all over the place and kind of wonky so any thoughts on on zevlor i think he could be interesting but like i said they this might be one of those cards where that you'll have to see it in play first yeah i I definitely is going to take some some testing with this sort of this sort of deck whether this one goes to the 99 with like something like kess or it goes in it's like it's its own deck I don't know. It seems really interesting, though. Really, really neat card. Really neat card. Anyway, okay. Um, let's go with some previews from Double Masters 2. This one's an easy one, Lux. So what do we, who do we have next? This big boy. Next up, we have, like, we have in a big K himself. Kozilek Butcher of Truth. Read it for us, Lux. Tell us about Big K. And for... 10 colorless, you have a legendary creature, Eldrazi, 12-12. When you cast this spell, draw 4 cards. It has Annihilator 4. Whenever this creature attacks, defending player sacrifices 4 permanents. Gross. When Kozilek, Butcher of Truth, is put into a graveyard from anywhere, its owner shuffles their graveyard into their library. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. this guy's good. Um... Yeah, there's not much more to say. Like people, people play this sorts of thing to to end the game. This is like this is your big thumper. You put it in your deck, and you win. And hopefully, the idea is you win the game, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, they, this is one of those cards where they, if you see it hit the field and they, it gets to resolve, yeah, they that's Ooh. GG. Oh, it's a problem. So I and here's the nice thing, folks. We haven't seen much Kozilek <laughs> in the last number of years. Because the last time it got a printing was in Ultimate Masters, and it's a $70 card. So people don't have, like, not a lot of people have got these. But you know what they all have? They all have the other Kozilek, and the other Kozilek is a problem too. So Kozileks are usually problems and need to be addressed and need to be taken care of. So it's not easy. All right, next we have Weathered Wayfarer. One white for a creature human nomad cleric. Um, then it's a 1-1, one, one, and for one white, tap. Search your library for a land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Activate only if an opponent controls more lands than you. Um, what do you think? And they, this could be neat in, they, in, a, in a land matters deck. I just think it's a handy card to help white keep, like, like white doesn't ramp. White has a catch-up mechanic. This is a repeatable catch-up mechanic on a card. Um, doesn't cost you too much to play it. I think it's actually really quite good. So, 
I'm looking. I'm I'm looking forward to playing this in my in your low slung uh, mono white decks or white red decks and using it to help you uh, stay on curve and keep the mana flowing each and every turn. All right. Um, then we have Liliana the Last Hope. So this is not Liliana um, of Liliana the Veil. This is Liliana the Last Hope from Elder's Moon, but she's still pretty good. So one. Black, black, Liliana, Planeswalker, three loyalty to start. Plus one, up to one target creature gets plus two, sorry, minus two, minus one until, until your next turn. Minus two, mill two cards, then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And minus seven, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, create X, two, two, black zombie creature tokens, where X is two plus the number of zombies you control. Um, I don't know if people are aware that this is reasonably expensive. So the non-foil from Eldritch Moon is, you know, $17.50. And there's a number of expensive promos of the card. But it really hasn't seen a lot of printings. So to have it get a reprint is probably for the best. What do you think of our friend Lily? Happy to see her? And I actually am, because back when Eldritch Moon was first a thing, this is the first Planeswalker that I opened from the set. Wow. Nice one. Nice pull. Well done. Yeah, she's a good card, boys, boys and girls. Good card. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if every deck wants her, but if you're in a deck that wants a wants a three-mana black Planeswalker, you can't do much better than her. Um, next, <laughs> we have Ren and Six. This was another classic. Go for it, Lux. Read it, Ren and Six. Yep. For a red and a green, you get a legendary Planeswalker Ren with three loyalty. Plus one, return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. Minus one, Brandon six deals one damage to any target. Minus seven, you get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. So I imagine in Commander we're mostly playing this for the plus one. I don't know if it's going to actually see that much play in Commander. Maybe it will if the price comes down because... Right now, out of Modern Horizons, this card is, you know, over $85. Which is a little prohibitive. Not everybody wants to go jam $85 command or $85 Planeswalkers, but um, I can see her getting played in Land Matters decks. You know, like your Omnath or your whatever build, so seems fine. I mean, it's a good card in, com- in competitive circles, but... And then we have Bring to Light, which is a five-color tutor card. You're going to play it in in stuff that are going to, like, so let's read it. Three, blue, green, sorcery. Converge. Search your library for a creature instead of sorcery card with mana value less than or equal to the number of colors of mana spent to cast a spell. Exile that card, then shuffle. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Um... For a creature card, yeah. So like, if in a five like, in a five color deck, you can go find something spicy. This doesn't see a lot of commander play, folks. Uh, let's go see how many decks play Bring to Light. I don't think there's gonna be that many. Bring to Light. Bring to Light has how many? It's in oh, it's in almost seven thousand decks, which is more than I thought, but. Still not a huge fan of it. Lox, what do you think? Bring the light. Is this more of a competitive card, or do you see this being played in Commander? And like, it's more of a casual card because, and like, it's in a, like, it's good, and I'll give it that. But like, it's not uh, ultimately Commander worthy card. Yeah. Like, this is more like can like, this is more like the like, constructed or sealed things like that. I think it's constructed. I guess played in like five color Niv. Yeah. Because you can go and tutor for yeah, cause big they, things. Yeah, because I remember back during the Battle for Zendikar pre-release, this was a pretty popular card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. All right. On, on to the Warhammer 40, 40K. So we're getting previews from Warhammer 40K um, that we got that's coming out in, I believe, the summer. Nope. Yeah. It's the summer set, or I think. Anyway, um, we're going to get Warhammer 40k stuff. All right, at some point down the road. 
can't keep it all straight. But anyway, um, up first, we have Abaddon the Despoiler. Lux, want to read it to us? Let me bring him up real quick. For sure. Okay, and then Abaddon the Despoiler for two. And blue and black, red. Creature, Astartes Warrior, 5-5. Five, five. A triple. Mark of Chaos Ascendant. During your turn, uh, spells you cast from your hand with mana value X or less have cascade where X is the total amount of life your opponents have lost this turn. That's absurd. <laughs> Just cascade on things. I think that's absurd. I don't know how easy it's going to be to trigger it, but oh my goodness, do I want to try and trigger something huge and just cascade something, like, monstrous. Oh my gosh. But the thing with a, like, so this is going to be an interesting deck. If you're looking to activate that cascade, you're looking to, and particularly if you're looking to, to cast specific things out of your deck with cascade, then you're going to be selective about how much damage you do to your opponents. So you need to have a way where you can, like, you can literally turn off and turn on the the damage that your opponents receive during the course of a game. Does that make sense, Lux? Yeah. Well, I think the card's interesting. I I don't know. I'm not sure where it fits quite yet, but I, I'm I'm prepared to give it a chance to to show us what it can do. Uh, I'm next to Vanguard Suppressor. Three and a blue for a 3-2 creature Astartes Warrior. I don't know what an Astartes Warrior is, but, I mean, must be a 40k reference. Anyway, squad 2. At an additional cost to cast... Uh, sorry. As an additional cost to cast this, uh, you may pay 2 uh, any number of times. When this creature enters the battlefield, create that many tokens that are copies of it. So this is a 3-2 with flying. And suppressing fire, whenever Vanguard Suppressor deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. This card is cool. Yep. So, for six mana, you're getting two three twos with flying. That seems like a pretty good return, right? Like, I'm not imagining that. That's, that seems yep. like a pretty good return. And then the fact that they both have an Aphidian effect on them, like, that just seems pretty solid. So... I like this card. I think it's going to be probably pretty playable. I don't know how great it's going to be, but I definitely think people are going to try and play it and see what it does. And I think it's actually pretty fair to do that. So, um, I like Vanguard. It's Suppressor. All right, what do we got next? Yep. Next up, we have uh, Blood for the Blood God. Oh, God. It is, it, it is an 8 and black, black, red. Instant. This spell costs uh, one less to cast for each creature that died this turn. Dipper to your hand, then draw eight cards. Fill Blood God deals eight damage to each opponent, then exile this card. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, like, yeah. This is cool. It may be good. Mm. Seems like it should be. But, like, to get the cost for, I, I don't, because I don't know how good it's going to be. Is that cost reduction? And I can think of one. What's that? No. Right. Okay. Spot. Um. Yeah. So um. This is also not a. This is not a new card. It's a. It's a reprint. Whereas the other ones are all. Seen. I'm looking forward to those 40 40k decks. Those be fun. Now, is four more counters on a creature using things that either makes counters like crystalline giant, um, or, or Age. Like these, these things make their counter deck is mostly the precon. Um, but the, like these are all very and about uh, about inexorable tide goes in the deck very, and then utilize that like to build a board state where you can close out the game and and remove the final threat. So um, I really like this sort of build. I think it's a little more politicky than most people are accustomed to. But uh, I'm a big fan, so I think it's a lot of fun. And the nice part about Lux, I'll be honest with you, it's a price tag of $107, making it really yeah, quite affordable. Yep. No, not bad at all. Uh, I'll be honest, I saved a lot of money on the lands. Um, there's a lot of expensive lands you could run. Um, I made a choice not to spend more than 350 on a land, so there's a couple of cards that are 350 ish But um, I was shocked, Lux. 
Celestial Colonnade is three and a half dollars. Do you remember when that was like a twenty-five or a thirty-dollar card? Yep. So it's three and a half dollars, folks. So whoever thinks that like like the game's prohibitively expensive, there's a few things that are getting cheaper, right? Just maybe like that's not so bad, right? Yeah. Right, Lux. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. So yeah. Um, the link to the Cross list will be in the show notes. If you want to check it out, um, by all means, if you have suggestions for me um, to help it keep it um, not getting too much more expensive, uh, there's lots of upgrades you can build into the deck because the deck is very powerful. But uh, right now, um, yeah, this is you know, where I'm at with a $107 deck. Do we move to wrap up, or does anything else yep. you want to contribute? You want to toss in there for? All right, let's just close it down. All right, yep. so folks, thanks very much for stopping by. Um, we, lo- I love spending the time with you guys. Love ch- chatting with Lux about Commander each and every week. Um, if you want to leave us some feedback, you can reach out to us on email at theepicexperimentpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at at epicexpcast. Uh, that's also going to be in the show notes. Or you can find us on Instagram using the same name, epicexpcast. Uh, you can find all of our decks on Moxfield at the Epic Experiment Podcast. Um, and uh, the nice part about that is you can see all of our decks if you use look, look it up on Moxfield. Uh, as always, regardless of what, what platform you listen to us, you can uh, ask questions, leave a comment, like, follow, subscribe, whatever you can do. Every little bit helps us to order. Love you. That'll be on the docket for sure next week. But that is for then. Uh, Until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off, wishing you all the best wherever you next play Magic. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next time.